Maybe, maybe. Good evening. I hope all of you are doing well. We are learning Maseches Yevamos, Daf, uh, Daf Zion. So we're learning Daf Zion, and we're starting about 12 lines down or so on Zion and Aleph. And uh, we're actually in the midst of a sugya. Uh, as you, we've been discussing over the last many days, the Gemara is trying to figure out why the Pasuk and Chumash had to go out of its way to use the word Aleha to teach us that in a case where a man's daughter was married to his brother, why he, why he should not do Yibam. It should be pretty obvious as a Pasuk and Chumash. So the Gemara is uh, positing that maybe because of Asay Dochelosa Asay, that because Asay Dochelosa Asay is generally true, so therefore, even though it's true that his daughter but because I say it's say, so I would have thought that it's mutter for him to marry her, maybe even a chiyuv, and therefore we needed the word aleha. So we're in the middle of a brisa that the Gemara uh, began with at the bottom, really at the base, about uh, Misas Bezdin, that maybe by Misas Bezdin we could learn from there. So there are a couple of different versions of this, and yesterday we had concluded like the second approach, like the approach of Rav Simi Bar Ashi, who's quoted three lines from the bottom of Vavamud Beis, who indicated that this brisa was not talking about a seidochelo but rather it was talking about a kalva chomer. But the Gemara wants to go back to the Havamina. And that's where we're starting now, 12 lines down on Zayin Madala. And according to our initial understanding of the brisa, the brisa that's found on Vavamud Beis, if that's true, that in the Havamina of that brisa, that we can assume that on so the Gemara says, my quote, o'eno, end quote, what then was the Brysa doing when it flipped back and forth? Now, if you look back at the Brysa, which is two thirds of the way down on Baba Midbez, it gave an idea. And then it said, o'eno ela filumisas bezdin, and then it flipped back again. So what the Gemara is doing now is saying within the Havamina that that Brysa was talking about, what was the subtext of the flipping back and forth? from saying Shabbos will be docha for Misa's best, and to it will not be docha, to it will be docha. So the Gemara says, my o'eno de ka'amar. And the Gemara responds as follows. Hachi ka'amar. Mani mekayim mechalaleha mosimas. We're going to look back at the b'risa, but we're not going to look, we're not going to ourselves look back. This Gemara is looking back at that b'risa and saying, what does the Pasuk teach me about mechalaleha mosimas? It's teaching me b'sharm malachos chutzmi misas bezdin. A person will be, will, will be killed for violating Shabbos with all malachos on Shabbos, with the exception of aval misas bezdin dachi Shabbos. But there, the murdering, the killing of, the execution of people who are deserving, that is, uh, is mechal Shabbos. Why? To us, he asks, because we have an assay to kill this person with the capital punishment that they deserve, even though it's Shabbos. And then when the Gemara says, oh, Eino, maybe there's, maybe not on Shabbos, you're not allowed. What is the subtext? So the Gemara says, Hadar Amar, Amar When do we say that one is allowed, <clears throat> that an assay is going to be Dochelosa say? That's true with a losase greda. That's true with a regular losase. However, in this case, being mechal Shabbos is not a regular losase. That's a losase sheyesh bo karis mishamas Is there such a scenario where we would have a mitzvah sase that would violate, that would allow us to trump a losase sheyesh bo karis? And that's what's happening here in, in, the, in the Misas Bezdin. So that's the, the middle of the brisa. And then Hadar Amar, and then the Gemara flips back a third time and says, Hadar Amar, Atu Asay, 
Atu asei doche lo We do see that an asei is doche lo sasei. Lav lo sasei Don't we know that in general, that a lav is more powerful than uh, an asei? And if it's true that uh, an asei can be doche any lo sasei, then says the Gemara, who cares how strict of a, of an, of a lo sasei it is? Again, here's the ranking. The least, uh, the, the least severe is an asei. You violate an asei, an iser asei. After that is a regular lo sasei, and after that is a lo sasei sheish bokaris. So the Gemara argues as follows. Once we know that an asei is doche any kind of lo sasei, even a lo sasei grade, even a, a regular one, who cares how much more chamor it is? Kares, not kares. That's the Gemara's logic here. Lav lo sasei chamor minei. Don't we know that a lo sasei is more chamor than an asei? And if so, because the asei v'doche dachi lo sasei, and therefore, we know that an asay can trump at times a losase. Who cares as to what the reason is, how severe the losase is relative to the essay? It doesn't matter. So, therefore, I might have had a havamina that maybe, just maybe, we have a case of asay doch losase shiesh bokares. And therefore, back to our case. Oh, therefore, a father would have to marry his daughter in a case of Yibum because I say is doche lo kares, says the Gemara, Talmud lomar lo sevaru. Then that's why we needed the Pasuk. So that was this version of the Gemara. Now we don't hold like this version of the Gemara. We hold like the version of the Brisa that was speaking about Kalvachomer and not about so that the Gemara is, is just, this is really a, a tangential aspect of the Gemara, which is just trying to understand the flow of the Brisa, according to the opinion that the Brisa was speaking about Either way we cut it, this Brisa is not a good argument for us. It doesn't explain why we need the word Aleha, because at the end of the day, this Brisa is not talking about If that's true, we need to go to our fourth answer. Our fourth possibility as to how we know uh, why we need the word aleha in the Pasuk to teach me that a father cannot marry a daughter in a case of Yibum, Ela Itzrich, because Salka Daito Chamina Tehave Hai Eishes Ach, this case where we're talking about the wife of a brother, so that's Shimon, uh, this is a regular boring case of Yibum, right? So, like, let's say you have two brothers, Ruven and Shimon, and Ruven is married to a completely unrelated woman named Chana, and then Ruven dies. And Shimon, that's classical case of Yibum. So, says the Gemara, Tehave Hai Eishes Ach. The case scenario where we allow a man to do yibum, normally it's his sister-in-law. That's really not allowed in general, but <coughs> we do allow for that to take place here. And what is that? Now we're familiar, of course, with the yugil momido shator nidreshes pahin, and we're going to have a little bit of a uh, of a learning session tonight on this topic. And says the gemara that the case of our classical case of yibum, where a father marries a brother, is a case of davar shahaya bechlal v'yatzemina klal alamid. Really, eishasach that really should have been included only in the parshios that speak about arayos in general. In general, but it was exclude. It was explicated elsewhere in the Torah to specifically tell us about yibum. But it wasn't brought out. Lo lalamid al atzmo yatsa. We're halfway down on Zion about If it wasn't there to teach me um, about. Um, about itself, about the case of Eishasach. Why was the case of Eishasach separated? Only Ella, Lulamid Ella Klal Kulia, to teach me something in general. And now the Gemara is going to give a Brisa that is an example of this uh, hermeneutical <coughs> principle, one of these Yud Gimel Mimidos Shator Nidreshes Bahain, which is Dover Shahe Bechlal, Vyatimina Klal Lulamid, Lulamid Alatsmoyatza, Ella Lulamid Ala Klal Kulia, Ditanya. What is an example of this where we see? that something is uh, separated from the pack in order to teach me something in general about the halacha, titanya. If there was something that used to be part of the pack, part of the general category of halachos, but then the Torah explicitly speaks about it elsewhere, what's an example of that? So the Gemara gives an example based on a Pasuk and Chumash, 
in Sefer If a person eats the meat of Shlamim and he was tummy, says the Gemara, why bother even writing this? We already spoke about Kachim. We don't need to speak about Shlamim. Why was Shlamim brought out? Why was it uh, explicitly stated in, in Chumash? To make a comparison. The reason why we brought out Shlamim was to give us a parameter, to give us the common denominator of cases where the Tuma really applies. And what is that rule? That applies in cases of Kachim Mizbeach. However, Yatsu Kache Bedekabayis, that if something was purchased with money from Bedekabayis, that has a different and lower halachic status of Tuma when the money, money is taken from the general pot and not from Kachim. And therefore, you cannot learn from there. This is an example of, uh, of a case of Davar Shahe Bechlal, Yatsim And Hachanami, here too, by the case of Yibum, we have the same hermeneutical principle in place. What was the details? The case of a classical case where Shimon is going to now marry Ruvain's widowed wife, the widow of, of Ruvain, because he died. So we know that in general, a sister-in-law is included in Arayos. Why was this case explicitly stated by the Torah? We're two-thirds of the way down on Zion and Aleph, says the Gemara. To teach us a, a comparison to say the following. Just like in this case, Yibum is allowed because, uh, because there's a Pasuk that says Yibum is allowed, even though normally Eshesach is part of Arayos. Therefore, all cases of Arayos should then be permitted. What the Gemara is saying here is that's the Havamina. I might have thought, based on a Hekish from Eshesach, that all other versions of Arayos are going to be perfectly permissible, even one's daughter. Therefore, we need the Pasuk of Aleha. And says the Gemara, what are you talking about? How can you compare Eshesach to someone who's an Arayos to you? Let's think how the Gemara speaks this out. Me, dummy. Can you really make a Hekish from a case of Eshesach? Again, the classical case. A man is, uh, Ruvain is married to, uh, Ruvain is Shimon's brother. And Ruvain's married to a random woman. And then Ruvain dies. So Shimon can marry the random woman. He's not related to the random woman. So says the Gemara, how can you compare Eshesach where he's not related to Arayos? That's your daughter. That's your sister. That's where whoever it is. Doesn't make any sense. Me, dummy, how can you compare this? seems Hassam over there, Klal Be'iser, Uprat Be'iser. Over there in, in Chumash, we're talking about something that's generally Aser. Sorry, not over there by the Korbanos, we're talking about something that's generally Aser. And Uparat Be'iser, and even when the Shlamim is separated from regular Korbanos, we're also saying that it's Aser. But Hacha, Bayibum, Klal Be'iser, yes, in general, it's forbidden to be with them, but the Prat, the Eishas Ach that was ex, ex, uh, explicit in the Torah, that's Beheter. That you're allowed to marry that person, but your daughter, you're not allowed to marry. The cases are not comparable at all. And therefore, we don't have a we don't really have a, a, an explanation as to why we need the word aleha. Because according to this logic of trying to learn from this hermeneutical principle, it would come out that an Ach is not comparable to Arayos because the relationships are very different. And therefore, we cannot make such a hekish. And therefore, hello, dummy, this case. The case that we are talking about now, the case of Eshesach, is not comparable to a case of Davar Shaheh Bechlal, but rather to a different type of one of the hermeneutical principles. Ella, it's most similar to the Davar Shaheh Bechlal, something that was included, similar language as before. However, the Yatza Lidon Bedavar Hechadash, it came to teach me a Chiddush, not to teach me a rule that applies across the words. It came to teach me a Chiddush. And you can't make this Klal, this new rule, go back to the general, uh, general category of Halal. 
halacha. It's only specific to the case as explicitly stated. And now we're going to see an example of this hermeneutical principle, and then we'll apply it back to our case. The Tanya, the Brisa writes, what is a case of davar shahaya bichlal, a category, a large category of halacha that the Torah speaks about, and then one sample of that is v'yatzli don ba'davar hechadash. One example is brought out to teach me a chiddush. And we cannot apply that chiddush to other parts of the larger category. Unless the Torah explicitly tells us to do so. What is the case that we're talking about that is an example of this hermeneutical principle? If you look in the art scroll, the English art scroll on the bottom, uh, by the Yud Gimel Midos by Rabbi Shmuel in the mornings. So there, they'll give you a full explanation of uh, samples of all of the Yud Gimel Midos And they get, I don't know if this one's quoted. It should be, because it's a pretty, one we're about to see, it's a pretty classical example. By the way, the Rishonim are very, um, very strong about saying Rabbi Shmuel in the morning, the Abu Dram and other Rishonim indicate that when in the mornings we say Rabbi Shmuel, we are fulfilling the dictum in Shas of being mishalish limudo, splitting your learning into thirds. You have mikra, mishnah, talmud, parsha satamid, ezu mekomen shel zvachim, and rabbi shmuel, which is a brisa. So you have mikra, which is parsha satamid. Interesting, not because of korbanos, only because of the being mishalish limudo. Halacha lemaisa, we say parsha satamid. We should be saying it every single day. If you've already said shmon esrei, you've technically already brought your korban. So saying the pesukim would only be. Uh, saying Pesukim and Chumash, which is always a mitzvah, but to say that you really said the Tamid is not right, we should always, we should make it a habit. And don't forget to say the uh, the Parsha Satamid. But anyways, the Abu Dram writes, not here, but elsewhere, that the, that the idea of saying Rabbi Shmuel is to be Mishal Lishimud of Mikra Mishnah Talmud, Korban Tamid, Ezim Bukom Shazvachim, and Rabbi Shmuel. Anyways, uh, what is an example of this uh, hermeneutical principle? The Gemara says, in regards to a case of an Asham Mitzora, a Korban that's brought by a Mitzora. A person should shech this kebes, which again, as Rashi here mentions, is an asha mitzora, and he should do so in the plate where he shech, in the place where he shechs achatas, and an ola b'makom in a holy place. And then the pasuk adds in the following words: ki kachatas ha'asham, just like the chatas is an asham. Now, if you read the first part of the Pasuk, we know that already because we just said you got to do it in the same place, just like this is that. So the Gemara is bothered by the language. Let's finish, let's just finish the Pasuk. I don't need you to tell me that the Asham is like the Khatas. The Pasuk told me that the Asham is like the Khatas. Not everyone's in Amaris. I can read. I can read Hebrew. It's clear that there's a similarity already. Why bother saying it? What do we see from this uh, from this extra words in the Pasuk? So says the Gemara. Really, what was going on here is that the Torah was explicitly talking about a case of an Asham Mitzorah. Why? Because there's a Chiddush there. Remember that that's this type of hermeneutical principle. It's a case of What was the new thing that we did over here by Mitzorah? Says the Gemara, that we have a unique purification process of thumbs and uh, hand thumbs and, and toe thumbs. So that's what the Gemara says. It's a Chiddush. And maybe I would have thought that the general rules no longer apply to an Asham Mitzorah. Maybe I would have thought, Maybe I would have thought that by this animal, we don't have to bring those extra gifts, those extra sprinkles of blood, and the Emurim on the Mizbeach. 
Talmud Lomar, ki kachatas ha'ashamhu. It has to be just like the chatas. Ma chatas to unamatan dam ve'emur in the gabe mizbeach. Just like the chatas has these special things that are taken care of, korban-wise, the sprinklings of blood and the fats of the animal being burned. Afasham ton matan dam ve'emur in the gabe mizbeach. Okay, very good. So we see that why did the Pasuk say to make sure that we don't erroneously think that once we singled out the case of Mitzorah because of Bohen Yad and Bohen Regel, maybe I would have thought that the regular rules of Matan Damim and Emurim don't apply, says the Pasuk, it has to be just like the Chatas. The Ilo Ahadre Kra. But if not for the fact that the Pasuk had said, I might have thought, that for that which the Mitzorah was specifically singled out, namely to teach me about Bohen Yad and Bohen Regel, only that applies. But with that which the Pasuk doesn't speak about, namely the Emurim and the Matan Damim, I might have thought it didn't apply. So says the Gemara, from here we can make the following jump. Hachanami by Yibum also. Havamina, I might have thought, Eishes Ach, the ishtera ishteroi that the only in a classical case Shimon is Shimon is a brother to Ruvain Ruvain's married to Penina random girl from the community Ruvain dies Shimon can marry the random girl so I would have thought that only that case is mutter but Sha'ar arayus lo I would have thought in such a case that a regular woman of course you cannot marry and that is really the right way to understand the the concept of Ashes Ach and if that's true. Then I don't need the pasuk of Aleha at all, because the implications from the pasuk is that you would never allow to be married. You would never allow to marry an arayos. So the Gemara says you're absolutely right. And now we're on to our fifth answer. This answer will take us to the bottom of the page. At least most of it will. We'll pick up again. We're still not done with this sugya yet of trying to determine. By the way, we've learned I'd say a few thousand words to try and explain one in Chumash. Why does the Pasuk bother saying the word Aleha to teach me that a man cannot marry a woman of Arayos, his daughter, or any woman from Arayos? After all, I say Dochelos, I say a hundred reasons why. We still haven't figured it out. So we're up to our fifth answer and our fourth blot, I believe. So let's keep going. We're a third of the way down, 10 lines down or so, a little bit less on Zion of base. Ella, it must be that Salka Daita Chamina, it must be that I might have thought, namely, I have the word Aleha to teach me that, that a daughter cannot be married in Yibum, that uh, I might have thought the following, Tesi b'memetzinu me'eshesach. A memetzinu is basically a heckish of sorts, just like I found something over here, I can apply it over there from eshesach. And here's what the Gemara says, ma'eshesach miyavma, just like um, Shimon can marry Ruvain's wife once Ruvain dies, if she's a random woman, even though it's a sister-in-law, which otherwise should be usher. Just like that, even if it's the case that it's someone who's also an Arias to you. So says the Gemara, that's ridiculous. There's no comparison. That woman, in case number one, Ruvain died and he, had a, he married a random girl from another community. She's a Gioris. Who cares? She's totally not related. There we said that they can, he can do Yibum. How can you compare that to an Arayos? Me, dummy. Hasam Chadisura. By the Ashes Ach, where Shimon is going to marry Ruvain's random woman wife after Ruvain dies, she only had one status of Isra, which was Ashes Ach. But, um, but Hacha, but in the case of, uh, of Achos Isha, that's Tre Isure. So you can't compare that at all. So says the Gemara, no, 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 you can't. You can, even though you're right that the case of Ashes Ach only, only has one level of Isser and that it's a sister-in-law, even though she's not Arayos. I mean, she's Arayos in that, in that way, but she's only Arayos once over, but not in two ways. But still, I might have thought that it's a, a, enough of a reason 
to be concerned that one should think you can marry your daughter, and therefore we need the word aleha. I might have thought, once we have a heter by any version of our rayos, we have a heter for yibum by all versions of our rayos. And therefore we need the words, we need the word aleha to teach me that no, that's not true. You cannot marry a daughter in the framework of yibum. So then says the Gemara, where did you get this idea from? What does it mean that just because it's mutter by Ashes ach, that it's also mutter by achos isha? <laughs> they're, they're different types of isurim. One only has one layer of arayos, and the other has two. That you just get to say that just because, like by ach, we allow arayos. So, therefore, in a case where there's two levels of arayos, that's allowed. That's ridiculous. That, that's crazy. Why would we think that? What's the habamina? So, says the Gemara, beautiful Marimakum. Well, we'll see. It, it's seemingly beautiful. Detanya. The Brisa writes in regards to a mitzora. Mitzora shachal shmini shelo be'erev pesach. We have a mitzora who currently is mechutzar kipurim. He's not allowed to bring a korban pesach, but he really, really wants to. Here's what happened. His eighth day is on erev pesach. He just has to wait for the sun to set. He has a tizatul yom, and then that night he can go to the mikvah. And that night he can uh, he can reshech the korban pesach. And then, unfortunately, the raw carry bo bayom He saw carry that day, which is a problem. A bal carry is not allowed in the makom amikdash, and therefore uh, he's stuck because now he's a tvul yom again, a double a double tvul yom. So says the Gemara, Amru Chachamim. The rabbis told us this, told us in, in this brisa, Afal pi that in general she'ein tvul yom achar nichnas ze nichnas. Even though in general it's true that a tvul yom would lose out on the possibility of bringing a korban pesach because he's now a tvul yom for keri, ze this guy who's exiting his mitzora status today, who doubles over and becomes a bal keri today and goes to the mikvah. And he's a double tvul yom. We let him go to bring the korban pesach. And the Gemara gives the following rationale: Mutav, it's better that he should do the mitzvah say which has an iser kares attached. Namely, there are only two in the Torah. Bringing the korban pesach. I'd rather this guy, who's a double tvul yom, bring the korban pesach, which is a mitzvah say that has kares. Um, and override a mitzvah saseh that doesn't have kares. So what about Pesach Well, this, why isn't this onus? But here the Chachamim are, are saying that we don't care. You're doing it now. That's a good question. I didn't think about that. That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, Tosfos says here, three lines into the very thick lines, this is not how we paskin. This is not halachic. There are times where we do have the chachamim standing up to what's going on b'makom kares. So we don't paskin this way. But uh, the Gemara is, is bantering right now and showing you one kula in one brisa that the chachamim say, but it's not halachalamaisa. Seemingly, it's not halachalamaisa. So the Gemara now is equating something new. We haven't thought about this before. You have a mitzvah saseh, which has kares attached to it against a mitzvah say that doesn't have kares attached to it. Shouldn't that be obvious? It should be obvious. You have two mitzvahs say one has kares, one doesn't. It should be very obvious. The Gemara says it's a cheshben. And the Chachamim did not allow it, like Tosva says here, and like the Gemara implies, that there are other cases where the Chachamim don't say such a thing. The Amar Rav Yochanan, we're five, seven lines from the bottom. Amar Rav Yochanan, Dover Torah, he says the halacha is, afilu asay leispe. Ah, he says, no, this isn't a cheshben at all. This guy who's a tvul yom, there isn't even an asay. So now you have the mitzvah saseh, sheyesh bo kares, of bringing the korban pesach, and you have a dinter a, a, a non-mitzvah saseh 
of uh, not going to the Mikdash when you're at Tfuliyom, Shneemar, by Amodi or Shafat, Bekal Yehudalif Nechatzerah Chadasha. Says the Gemara, my Chatzerah Chadasha, he's standing in front of the new, in front of the new Chatzer. Amar of Yochanan, Shechid Shuba Dvarim. This was at a time when the Chachamim sat down and they came up with new halachos. One, one of them was, Ve'amru, they said, Tfuliyom, lo yikanis lamachan elavia. So says the Gemara, Ve'amar Ula, Matam, why is this the case? Ho'el Ve'hutar Litzar Aso, because we allowed the guy, the Mitzorah, uh, because we allowed him, so hutar likruyo. We also allow the person who's a balkari, and this is where we see the principle of hol ishtari ishtari. Once we have the leniency by Mitzorah to say, yes, he's a tful yom, but we'd rather him show up and bring the korban now because it's an aseshi yesh bokaris against an aseshi ein bokaris, we do the same thing for kari as well. So therefore, we see our principle of hol the ishtari ishtari, and therefore, maybe, maybe, just maybe, the Gemara's presentation a third of the way down with this fifth possible answer is that just like by Ashes Ach, we see that a man is allowed to marry his sister-in-law after his brother dies, even though she's technically an Arayos. So maybe we extend that to other people who are also Arayos, even if they have multiple layers of Arayos, such as a daughter who's also a sister-in-law, real family triangle. That's a soap opera right there. But the Gemara is saying is that maybe we should allow for this marriage to take place. And therefore, we need the word allow. We'll stand right here at the bottom of the page. We'll pick up with the words me dummy uh, tomorrow night for Davches. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Mm -hmm. uh,